I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of Helmets Off. Oh my goodness, this time of year just keeps getting more and more interesting as the moments roll along. And I think one of the most interesting parts of this year, of course I'm talking, I guess I should tell you, about the coaching changes and uh, they're they're fed up with this guy. <laughs> it's like we're getting we're moving on to the next guy. There was an interesting false start that happened at Tennessee. Tennessee apparently had hired its new coach, Greg Schiano, who had been at Rutgers, really turned a Rutgers team around. Rutgers was not considered a football school and, and went into a place where no one thought you could win and was able to win. Had previously been a defensive coordinator at Penn State with... Well, he wasn't the coordinator. He was a coach with uh, Jerry Sandusky. And then he went on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everyone, you know, he's kind of the hot coach. Well, he just uh, went to Tampa Bay, was there for a couple of years, then went to Ohio State with Urban Meyer, been, been at Ohio State as a defensive coordinator for the last couple of years, and was supposedly hired as the coach for Tennessee. Tennessee has been a traditional power in the SEC, they have this crazy stadium. With they try to compete with Michigan to have the most fans, so they're always adding new seats to their stadium. It's over hundred thousand fans every year. Nothing like Rocky Top, and they've been in a tailspin. They can't find that coach. So apparently, they they said Greg Schiano is our new guy, and they said psych. <laughs> Hired him and fired him in the same day. And I'm like, how can you do that and be so swayed and pursued by social media? And social media, I believe, is just killing so many aspects of our society in so many different ways. You you see it in politics, and it's it's permeated into the entertainment world. And there's probably a lot of validity to a lot of things that have come out. Information is like readily available. It's just happening at a moment's notice. And we take whatever's posted as gospel truth. And I, you know, and it's everywhere. You look at the politics, you know, there's Roy Moore and, you know, everyone's calling for his head. And these are just allegations. They haven't been proven. There, there is, you know, it, 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 it kind of looks bad for the guy, looks really bad for the guy. Uh, 
But it comes out at this most inopportune time, right before an election. And and of, of course he's a, a, a he's a conservative southerner from Alabama. And and then on the other side of the aisle you have a liberal democrat representative from Detroit who's the longest running member of the house and he uh, paid off people for sexual harassment and now everyone's saying well with him you know it's we need to um, have due process and it, and it's like why why are we running our country why are we doing all of these things in social media I mean, here here is a guy in Greg Schiano who is proven himself as a, as an outstanding coach. Uh, he's he could be a tremendous fit for Tennessee, and they've just decided no. Someone made a statement at Penn State that said you were part of Jerry Sandusky. Now everyone knows Jerry Sandusky, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you Jerry Sandusky, which to me is one of the most vile things I've ever heard. It literally makes my skin crawl to think about what he was doing for years at Penn State. And and the sexual abuse uh, was just – it's amoral. It, 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 it is – there is a cold place in hell in store for a person like this. It's, it's just reprehensible what he did for years and years to young boys. And I, I, just, I just find it so um, – just oh i can't i just it just thinking about it right now makes me it makes my blood boil and i'm a very patient a very forgiving individual i have no patience i have no tolerance for this kind of behavior apparently somebody said they had hearsay i heard this guy say to another person yeah i was aware of what jerry sandusky was doing so greg shiana was uh, an assistant coach under Jerry Sandusky for five years. Now, you could probably argue that in that five years, he probably had some inclination to this. But if this was going on for years and years and years, Jerry Sandusky must have been pretty good at hiding it. And a lot of times, you know, with these criminals, you just don't know. It's not like they're – because if they were out in the open, they'd be caught and – and so they do they do a masterful job of hiding who they are. So someone it's it's hearsay. There were these massive uh investigations that were done at Penn State University and nothing even remotely connected to Gray Greg Schiano with Jerry Sandusky. And because someone heard someone else say something hearsay, a coach who's an excellent coach was forced out at Tennessee because someone just heard someone say something. And I, I'm like, what's wrong with you people? We're really lazy. We're, we're really lazy. We don't take the time to really investigate and to really find out and to search. I guarantee you that Tennessee did their research on Greg Chiano. But a couple of a couple of state representatives, a couple of fans got a frenzy going, and they literally had a lynch mob for a guy that did absolutely nothing wrong, nothing wrong. 
And I, I see it in so many uh, facets of, of our society. And I see it in other areas of sports. And it's wrong. And it's, and it's wrong. We're, we're not learning how to communicate with one another. We're rushing to judgment on so many things. And we're, we're really messing with the lives of a lot, a lot of people. And, and I'm not saying that these things, that bad things happen. And I'm not saying that there are people out there that, you know, deserve these things. But before we jump to conclusions, because we're so quick to make an assessment, to make a statement that we, we really kind of fire the gun before we aim. And we need to just take a step back, take a deep breath, do a little research, do our due diligence, do some homework before we ever do a lynch mob in social media. We're going to take a break. We come back. I have another situation that's very similar to this where social media is spilling the beans on things that maybe aren't happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Helmets Off. Social media is killing our world. And it's highly addictive. It's worse than video games. People can spend hours on social media, Facebook and Instagram. And there's people who are completely depressed because they look and everyone else is having fun and they're posting all these great things that are going on or they're posting these shocking comments. And it's even at the highest levels of our government. Our president communicates with everyone through tweets and texts. And he gets everyone in an uproar about some of the things that he's saying. And this past week with the firing and the new search for the next coach who's going to resurrect college and professional sports, Tennessee decided that they wanted Greg Schiano, who had a very good track record as a coach. And I loved his style. Rutgers is not a football power. I, I didn't even know Rutgers had a football program. And f- quite frankly, Rutgers is in the Big Ten, which is not 10 teams. It's 12. But traditionally, it was the Big Ten. And, you know, it's Ohio State, Michigan kind of thing. And, and they're part of a Power Five conference. And they are a terrible football program. And he brought them back from nowhere to, to relevance. And, and people look at that and they go, that's a good coach right there. And then he goes to Tampa Bay. And I was fascinated to see, is he going to do well at Tampa? Because Tampa uh, and the NFL, it's a, different, it's a different culture. And there's this whole mindset of you can't treat pros like you treat college players. And some guys, some coaches do well. Some coaches transition from college to the pros and do well. Jimmy Johnson did a great job with the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Hurricanes. Pete Carroll was amazing at USC, and then he's with the Seahawks. But he had been an NFL guy before. Nick Saban, not so much. You know, Nick Saban, his NFL experience wasn't wasn't quite the same. Chip Kelly, who was great at Oregon, was an absolute abysmal disaster in the NFL. And now he's going back to the college game to UCLA. 
So it, it sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't. And I was really curious to see how Greg Schiano's um, methodology would trans- transfer into the pro game. And it went over like a lead ball, <laughs> like a fart in church. It was just bad. And there was one moment, and I actually love this moment. And and the NFL snobbery and all of that just kind of bemoaned his, his mindset. So there's the ceremonial kneeling down on the last play of the game. And if you are ever a part of competitive sports – you know that you play every down. You finish every play. You finish every game. You have to go at it with reckless abandon all of the time. But there is that one moment in a game where you could so, uh, so-called so get a pass on giving it your best effort, and it's on the last play of either the half or a game. And it's kind of everyone puts up the surrender flag, and we all just – no one fires off the ball at the snap on offense or defense. It's a truce. Not Greg Schiano. <laughs> and he fires off on the last play and just like blows the – I think they're playing the New York Giants – and just blows into Eli Manning and, and knocks him over. And, and everyone's like, you know, Greg Schiano, you're, you're an idiot. You're an imbecile how you've desecrated on the greatness of the NFL game and you've totally um, uh, just obliterated a, a commonly known fact. You don't rush hard on this ceremonial last play of the game. And I loved his response. And he went so against the grain in the NFL that he said, we, we play every down. And if you recall, there's a very famous play in the NFL from yesteryear, and it was yesteryear when I was in the NFL, so it's way back there. Herm Edwards, who was actually a player for the Philadelphia Eagles, Joe Pisarczyk was the quarterback for the New York Giants. They, instead of kneeling on the ball, turned around and handed it off to the running back. Why they did that, no one ever knows and will ever know. He fumbled and bumbled the snap, didn't get the handoff exchange, and the ball bounces behind him, and here comes Herm Edwards, swoops it up, and returns it for a touchdown, and the New York Giants lose on the last play of the game, on a play that is the ceremonial last play, surrender play. And so there is history. There is an argument that you, even though this is a bad play, coaches call timeouts for this play. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll fumble the snap. Maybe something will happen. And so everyone was on Greg for, for doing this, but he was right. He was right in what he did. So I, I look at this guy and I really look at his history and there's something to him. And that, that he was able to, to be at Penn State and he weathered through that and he was, He's been great at Ohio State. He was great at Rutgers. And although he didn't win in the NFL, and everyone said, oh, his, t- his style's too tough and he's too hard on the players, I like I like that this guy plays to win. And, and that's what I'm looking for. That's one of the biggest things that I appreciate in a coach, that he's in it to win it. A lot of people don't like Bill Belichick. They don't like him because he's hard-nosed. A lot of people didn't like Don Shula. A lot of people didn't like Bill Bill Parcells or 
uh, and, and a lot of these coaches, a lot of people didn't like uh, Tom Coughlin when he was with the New York Giants. And and they, of course, you know, Michael Strahan kind of toned him back a little bit, but there there was this balance, and and it's there's this understanding, and so here Tennessee, and I I just feel so bad about this because there was such a rush rush to judgment on a guy who I think is a really good coach, and we'll never know now, we'll never know, uh, you know, karma kind of is a can be a a witch <laughs> to people and and it'll be interesting to see what kind of karma happens at Tennessee. Here's another interesting thing that that just popped up. So Sam Darnold is one of the top prospects for next year's draft. Sam quarterback at USC and and immediately when he stepped onto the scene which I actually watched his first game in college. He's been a very impressive player. And everyone says he'll be one or two in next year's draft. Josh Rosen, who's the quarterback at UCLA, they argue that he he's probably right up there. And so somehow in social media, it got out that Sam Darnold – would skip the NFL draft next year if he was going to be drafted by the Cleveland Browns because they are in last place and will probably have the first pick in the draft. And they've been a perennial loser in the NFL pretty much since the turn of the century. When Art Modell left, the heart and soul of the Cleveland Browns went with him. And it's sad because Cleveland has a great history in the NFL. And and for me personally it has a it has a meaningful history. I would the first game I played in was in the old municipal stadium, which was one of the classic venues for sports. And the the Browns were just a perennial winner uh in the in the 50s and and they were they were a storied franchise in the NFL and they are they are a doormat now. But the sad part about it is all of this information gets out, and, and maybe it is true. Maybe Sam Darnold said this. Maybe he didn't. But it's like we can't even think anymore. We can't have any kind of discussion anymore without it becoming a national story, whether it's should I stay in school so I don't have to be with the Browns or uh, we're going to fire this coach because he actually coached with Jerry Sandusky. And it's a very unhealthy environment, to, and it's – it's permeating everywhere. There is some good in it. There's a lot of good in it, but man, this this is just getting out of hand. You know, if I'm if I'm Sam Darnold, I may not say <laughs> what apparently got out, and and I think he's upset about it because he goes, "I never said anything like that. I'd never say anything bad about an NFL team," but it's out there, and someone put it out there, and. And he may be right because if I'm if I'm if I'm coaching Sam Darnold, I'm like I wouldn't go to the Cleveland Browns. It's a it's a death sentence as a quarterback. Now you could also say, well, they've they've stockpiled a lot of good draft picks, and maybe they're just one quarterback away from being a very good team. And there is a great history there. And if you can go into that program and turn it around, you will have 
an amazing career. Cleveland could be a great place for a quarterback, even though it's really bad right now. And that's the great thing about the NFL is it's really bad right now, but just wait a while. It will get better. Kind of like the, kind of like the weather in most of, you know, actually the weather in Michigan. If you don't like the weather, just wait. It's going to change any minute now. And that's, that's kind of how the NFL is. Look, we need some responsibility here. We need responsibility with the way we share information. And I, I appreciate the way our president actually communicates with people in that he's using social media. But I, I can't appreciate the vileness of some of his comments. Some of the things, they can be said in a better tone. And we can communicate in a way and we definitely need to check our facts. It's kind of interesting if you do a little research, you find a few things out, you're going to find that there's a lot more to people. There's a lot more um, to a story, and we need to be a little bit shorter to judgment. You've been listening to Helmets Off. You can text Helmets to 65537. Go to all the social sites and like us. We'll see you soon.